Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Buttermilk Boulevard. I'm your host, James, and today we have a different kind of review to uh, kind of discuss. We have uh, Heilung, the new album, Drift. Uh, I am just kind of jumping right into things, but um, it's a nice, calming day. I hope everybody is doing well. Um, it started raining, um, which is unusual in Texas at the moment. Everything's been very hot, humid, and hard to handle, so... Um, lately I've just been on this weird binge. I I don't know if anybody else is like this. It's probably my undiagnosed ADHD. Um, not to joke about that for people who actually have that, but it's, um, I I get like hyper-focused on topics, genres, or just any kind of thing like that. You know, if I watch content that I enjoy, I tend to hyper-focus on whatever that content may be about, uh, in this recent case, I watched a anime called Vinland Saga. Um, absolutely phenomenal anime. Um, probably up there with one of my favorites just in recent memory. Um, I have a lot of favorite animes, <laughs> as I'm sure a lot of anime fans tend to have. Um, but uh, that kind of got me on this Viking, uh, just hyper-focused and obsessed with Viking content. Um So I just have been in a rabbit hole, just like a spiral of listening to nothing but like Viking stuff and looking up just YouTube videos of Viking history and lore, um, going into the Norse mythology of it all, um, lots of things like that. And, um, it's, uh, it's, it's been fun though. It's, it, I I enjoy these like moments where I get hyper-focused because it means that I can just take a moment to... Um, just embrace whatever interests me at that time. Now, the only reason I bring that up, of course, is because the topic of today's episode is somewhat similar or tribal, like a Viking should be, um, or is. Um, of course, the Vikings were known as Danes, and the word Viking was not actually said by Vikings themselves, etc. Um, Scandinavian kind of warriors, uh, had a different kind of system. I don't know. I need to feel like I needed to say that. I'm not a historian by any means and will probably eat my own shoe if uh, <laughs> about all of this. Um, but, you know, I watched Vinland Saga and then I got down a, you know, um, a video game rabbit hole playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla because um, I was like, man, I, I just I want to stay in that world. I like that that mythos, um, which did actually exist. But, you know, it's never as. Uh, bombastic and fantastical as it is in movies and uh, just, you know, video games, books, etc. So, you know, I've been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game in a long time because I did not. I don't like this new route they've taken with the games. Um, It doesn't feel like the same video games anymore. Um, But that being said, you know, that's neither here nor there. But I've been in this kind of cultural kind of Viking situation here for a while. I've even started watching Vikings on Hulu. The uh, the uh, History Channel show. Well, absolutely amazing, by the way. If you get past season one, I feel like season one is a very slow start into the show. Um, most people, I think, go into it expecting it to be a Games of Thrones-esque type of thing. Um, but it's a lot more of a slower burn than that. Uh, it's slower, but after season one, you start to care about the characters a little bit more. It gets a little bit better. So I do recommend it. They're only about like eight to ten episodes. Uh, season. I think there's seven or eight seasons. 
Uh, I'm not here to talk about that, though. The reason I bring that all up is because Heilung just happened to release their newest album, Drift. <laughs> and I, you know, with the current mood that I'm in, I'm just going to be honest with you, this hyper-focused nature that I have, it's, uh, I, I'm absolutely obsessed with it. I'm completely biased by it. <laughs> so that's why there's a reason, there's a few reasons why this, the, this episode title has a question mark next to review is because I'm not really sure that this will constitute as a review because Heilung is a much different, eclectic kind of interesting band. They're very alien, which is a word that I've heard a lot, used a lot recently in their reviews of this album. Um, and this ep- and Drift did just come out on Friday. So it's it's a brand new album. This is about as fresh as I've probably ever been on an album review, but I just had to talk about it Um, because, you know, going into this Viking and stuff, and I will get to the album review, I promise. We'll do the typical kind of stuff track by track, but you shouldn't expect a normal kind of format with these albums reviews for this episode specifically because um, I'm feeling a way, (laughs) Uh, you know, I've had, it's been a kind of a rough week for me in general. Um, I've just had a string of kind of bad luck and stuff like that. Um, and everybody has those little moments where it's like, uh, like, why, why is like, I'm not even doing anything. Why is everything happening to me? <laughs> you know, um, not, nothing too intense or bad. It's just been a hard week at work. It's been a hard week at home. It's been a hard week in general. Um, so it's just, you know, everything seemed to be going that route. Um, you know, school is starting, energy levels are high, that kind of stuff. So, um, that's how it is out here. Plus, but at least, you know, on the uptick, um, you know, the weather is nicer. Um, you know, we're I'm watching some interesting, compelling content. I watched, you know, last week was last week or two weeks ago. I can't remember. was one of the best weeks I've had for content in a while. I watched like bullet train and then I went home and watched Prey. and Sandman was released on Netflix. And it's just like, Oh my God, it's just like, it's been a while since I've watched some good quality shit. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a rabbit hole of just monotonous Thor love and thunders, <laughs> you know? Um, so it's, uh, but anyway, it's, you know, the weather's getting nicer and all that stuff to be on a positive note. But a lot of this Viking stuff has kind of inspired me to think about like my own ancestry. And I, I don't know if anybody ever thinks about this, but like, um, and this is just rambling and ranting at this point, but. I don't know if many people think about it, but you you descended from something a little bit more tribal or or I guess paganistic, um, probably. I mean, most people probably have some sort of background or ancestry to those times, and it's just impossible to trace it back that far. So it's impossible to know if you're related to somebody who changed the world potentially, um, like like Ragnar in the Vikings lore. I mean, he had 15 sons, and those sons had sons and daughters, and those sons and daughters had etc. Moves down a you know like a pyramid scheme, if you will. <laughs> um, so it's you know it's it's natural. To I don't know if anybody ever thinks about it, but it's that's what going down this kind of rabbit hole has has done for me is just like thinking about like my ancestry. And, you know, we all have this like 
and everybody likes to preach or not everybody, but a lot of people like to preach about it, but like this 1% native American bloodline and you know, all of that stuff. But then again, maybe you did, maybe you descended from a native American in times where there was no, you know, microwaves to heat up our oatmeal, you know, <laughs> you know, it was, you had to hunt for food and sometimes you probably didn't eat if you didn't get food. Um, you know, you had to make your own your own clothing and all of that stuff. Um, and the the idea of that is just compelling and interesting. You know, you always got to wonder like, oh, shit, maybe I was like somebody important. Maybe you were somebody terrible. Maybe you're descended from Jack the Ripper. <laughs> I mean, who fucking knows? Uh, it's impossible to tell. Like I said, they don't keep like lineage histories. Um, and most like family tree websites can only go back to a certain point. Um, there is like blood tests that you can take to actually tell you like percentage wise exactly what you are um, or at least what what kind of blood that you have. And I don't know how they do that. I don't know the first thing about it. Maybe they're making that shit up, too. Um, but uh, it could just be a cash grab, maybe one of those spam, sc- scams type of thing to just make you uh, assume your certain thing. But anyway, it's it's neither here nor there. It's just compelling to think about. It's like, man, at one point. In my bloodline, somebody had to forage and hunt, and maybe they were worshiping um, multiple gods and some sort of mythos, maybe like a Roman pantheon or or like a Greek kind of mythology or something like that. And uh, most people are probably ascended from somewhere uh, east <laughs> in those countries, you know, uh, North Europe, Africa, Russia, those kind of things that were back then. But, um, I don't know where I'm going with that. Like I said, I'm not a historian or anything, so I could be wrong. Maybe we're all just, uh, full of shit. <laughs> but anyway, this is all leading to a certain point where this band Heilung, I've talked about them in the past. Heilung is a very interesting, compelling folk band. Uh, it is constituted as folk, and I think oftentimes it is categorized as metal. Um, however, I don't think there's really anything metal about this band outside of their themes. They're, they're kind of Germanic, Mesopotamian, Norse, uh, you know, Viking-esque kind of stuff. They're not, I don't feel like they are, Heilung is anything specific, although I do feel like they're kind of tribal outfits and stuff is a little bit more reminiscent of uh, like Viking culture and the Norse mythology of it all. I think, I'm not positive about that, but like I said, they also have influences of Germanic tribes and stuff like that. And if you look up the band, they're probably, at first glance, you're probably already judging. <laughs> they have, bu- this is part part of the reason they're considered a metal band, is my guess, is they have skulls on their stage, they're playing with bone instruments and stuff like that. It's a lot of stuff that is probably more um, primal and considered dark nowadays uh, nowadays than it used to be, I would say. Um, you know, like I said, bone instruments and stuff. They're st- stretching skin to make a drum, and they're building their own stringed instruments. And whatever they're playing on the stage, they essentially made it themselves. With some synthetic stuff, of course, for texture. But um, for the most part, all their stuff is handmade, including their outfits and stuff. However... If you get down the rabbit hole of Hyloon, you'll start to learn that they are a band that 
takes their craft very seriously. It's it's a passion of theirs. It's not it's they are not not necessarily. I don't know them personally, but I, as far as I can tell, they're not people that live in the woods. They live like the rest of us. They have lives and families and all of that stuff. So it's um, the only thing is they have a passion for that mythos that kind of tribal getting back to basics roots in your roots you know the tribal kind of uh essence of humanity the primal kind of instincts those animalistic tendencies and hunting and foraging for food um i don't know that they do any of that stuff themselves but from most interviews that i've watched they just have a passion for it kind of like a historian would have a passion for whatever topic they are passionate about or a paleontologist is passionate about dinosaurs. They would probably know a lot. They studied a lot. They translate things. They find things, etc. Heilung is very similar. I would describe Heilung as like, and they do too. Uh, and I think their definition of what they are is the best definition. It's amplified history. So they are essentially just taking things that was, were historically accurate or getting as historically accurate as you can and producing music based on hymns and poems and what they feel like those songs would have been or would have represented during the time that they were actually written or transcribed on like stones and stuff. Um, one of the examples is this song called nickel, or I, I I'm probably going to pronounce all of these things by the way, wrong um, as I normally would, but nickel is a is the second to last song, so it's track eight on Drift, and I know I'm kind of going out of order, but is the oldest recorded folk song or hymn, uh, like ever. <laughs> it's it's there's like these tablets, and you can look it up. They're tablets that are just chiseled with words, and it's they are hymns. They are not technically technically a hymn is a song, but it's more of a chant than anything else. Um, and so Heilung sees that and they take it. And because they know all of these compelling, interesting languages like old German, old Norse and stuff, not like modern kind of versions of those languages, um, they try, tried to translate it and tried to transpose that hymn from a stone into music. Uh, they aren't the first ones to do that. I think there was like a version of it in 1974 that did a similar thing. I'm sure they looked up those to see what other people's interpretation was. Um, but that's just kind of going into back to that. What I was saying is that this is a band that has a lot of passion for that historically accurate kind of uh, mythos, I guess. Um, but nickel. Yeah. So it's uh, it, no, it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting as fuck song. Um trying to recreate something that somebody some somebody's ancestor you know thousands and thousands of years ago um before christianity potentially you know transcribed this song like when we had vocabulary and written word and they just transcribed it so it's one of the oldest trans transcribed songs so it's interesting that somebody like Heilung, who's folk-esque music and attempted recreation um they try to harness that essence what would this actually have sounded like not um well okay that's cool but i'm gonna do my version of that you know this is technically their interpretation of the song but this is their interpretation based on as close to accurate 
to the times as possible, using instruments that was accurate to the times, if there was even instruments. Um, in this case, it's more of like a chanting kind of choir, a Gregorian chant-esque type of song. Uh, there's bells potentially in it, maybe a drum here and there, but overall it's it's kind of bare bones when it comes to music, which music would have been bare bones uh, back in a time before we had MIDI keyboards to do every single instrument known to man. So I guess the the gist of this is where am I going? I'm just trying to describe at this point what this band is, and I am eating oatmeal, hence why I brought it up. <laughs> so... Um, I'm just trying to describe to you what this band is. Um, now, one thing that I started to think about, part of the reason I brought up the ancestry and where we came from, is simply put, when I listen to Heilung, it actually does affect me more primally than I would say most music does. In a good way. It's not a bad way. It doesn't make me violent or want to go to war. <laughs> you know, nothing crazy. Um, but it... it it hits differently than most music would. It affects you differently than most music would. It's, you know, there's melody in the things that you typically recognize and the things that most music and songs have. But it's um, <clears throat> because it's more tribal and primal, I feel like it it keys into something that some sort of innate and, you know, deep within us subconscious kind of. Um, back to foraging for our own f food and making our own outfits out of skin of animals and um, all of that stuff. It just harkens back to that, I feel like, and it's, it, it, whatever switch it's flicking, it's finding it. Um, but that's what Heilung essentially is, is they're just, they're trying to make things historically accurate, and I think on paper, that band doesn't sound interesting, but Heilung found a way to make their band um, immensely interesting, immensely uh, entertaining, and just hypnotic, if not just addicting as shit. You know, if if I get down a Heilung rabbit hole, I'm down it for months. <laughs> you know, I'm not... It's just, I, you know, I listen to one song, I'm like, okay, well, I gotta listen to another one. And then next thing you know, it's been, you know, several days, and that's all I've listened to is Heilung. Um... So it's it, it it's just that kind of band. Um, now it's not going to be for everybody. I, I I don't think that Heilung is a band that's going to tickle everybody's fancy, but it is a uh, it is a band that I feel like you should give the op the fair opportunity or fair shot that they deserve because they are a band that I hope becomes successful, um, at least in some degree. But within their niche genre, they are certainly successful, but. Um, this new album has seen a lot better reviews and just a lot more reception, I think, than they have gotten in the past. Um, and I feel like part of that is because of reactors on YouTube. I know that seems kind of derogatory and bare bonesy and stuff, but that's that's the truth. I feel like Heilung's music has become popular because of their own personal marketing, of course, including their music in popular video games, um, compelling video games and, you know, uh, songs and uh, you know TV shows and all that stuff. Um, you know, that's good marketing as well. Somebody hears in there like, man, that, that song's kind of cool. I want to hear more of that. Um, but of course, I feel like the reactions on YouTube, reactors on YouTube, there is such a gigantic market. I would not be surprised if 
YouTube is, you know, 40% gaming and like 60% <laughs> react channels. You know, it's, it, there's a big portion of the YouTube community that is purely just reacts. That's it. It's people sitting in their living room or whatever, and they just watch something. And sometimes they don't even say much. They're just like, hey, man, welcome to the channel. Appreciate you checking us out. We're watching whatever today. Um, Let's get into this. And then they sit there silently as the, you know, the show or the song or whatever plays. And then they're like, I like that. That was pretty cool. Well, thanks for watching, guys. (laughs) It's like they don't they don't even provide any context to it and i i don't have anything against that or react channels in fact i am guilty of watching them several like uh, frequently i have a few react channels that are my go-tos as far as music specifically i don't really watch a lot for the tv shows and all of that stuff um because it's fun to watch people's people's reactions to metal bands specifically i don't really care about the reaction to a harry styles sushi restaurant song uh while that is a good song i don't really need to hear their hear their reaction uh, i'm more compelled to hear something like ginger's pisces which is one of the most watched videos on youtube because of most people's reactions to them and i think Heilung is kind of a result of that as well where Heilung becomes, uh, you know, they, they're on like charismatic voice and you get the singer Maria is on there as well. And, you know, you get all these, this kind of feedback and you're learning more about the band as you go. And you watch another react video with a different song. And next thing you know, you're down a rabbit hole of watching Heilung and now you're checking them out yourself, which you should. Um, but that's, uh, that's, this is a very long winded, album review but again it's not a traditional kind of album review i am going to go track by track and i think i'll just go ahead and get started but um before we do that i guess of course we gotta mention some of the wikipedia stuff about the album um but essentially yes heilung is an experimental folk music band made up of members from denmark norway and germany uh, their music is based on texts of this is straight from Wikipedia, by the way, based on texts and runic uh, inscriptions from Germanic people of the Bronze Age, Iron Age and Viking Age. Heilong describes their uh, music as amplified history from early medieval northern Europe. Their music is usually about Germanic deities, uh, the Jotnar and the Valkyries. Heilung is a German noun meaning healing. Um, so that's straight from Wikipedia. You're welcome. <clears throat> I don't see anything about drift. <laughs> so apologies. Um, yeah, but I can tell you already that drift just came out. So there might not be a whole lot about it anyway. Um, drift just got released on Friday. Uh, I assume the production company is the same. Um, but generally speaking, it's, uh, it's it's pretty much in the same vein as their other albums. They have three albums, um, uh, four albums if you count a live album, but they have Ofnir, um, looks like Futa, and Drift. Drift is the new one, obviously. Um, but yeah, their label is Season of the Mist. Uh, actually, a pretty cool record label. They're very good on the store. Um, they the I will, the one thing I like about Heilung the most is probably their merch. <laughs> These kind of like runic symbols and stuff is really really cool. And I know that it's hand drawn by the band. I think the <clears throat> it's mainly drawn by the band's um, 
a Christopher Jewell, I believe, or Kai Faust, one of those two. Um, there, there's mainly three. There's a lot of musicians in this. There's a lot of groups. They have Heilung Warriors, which are just like people that stand and stand there and kind of bang a shield every now and then. They have a choir, a choir kind of uh, of women that you, you'll see in this album as well that sings along with whatever Maria Franz is singing. Um, but uh, Kai Faust is the uh, the growling throat vocals and Christopher Jewell uh, is mainly responsible for the production and all 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 these three combined. It's like the perfect trio, I, I swear, um, especially if you listen to Drift, which I feel like is maybe their penultimate album. But yeah, let's get into it. So um, Drift has nine songs. It's about an hour long. It's pretty much in, in exactly the same amount of length as their last two albums. Um, also nine albums or nine tracks on those two. Um, but most, most of what they do, it doesn't feel audience pleasing to me. It does. It feels like they're just being themselves. Um, but the first song the album opens with is Asja, um, A S J A. Um, it starts off pretty much immediately like there's no fucking around there's no build-up it's immediately we get into faust's um throat singing kind of tibetan mongolian style of vocals where it's that you know whatever he does it a lot better than i would (laughs) but uh it starts immediately with this like throat singing kind of chant um that gets you really built up but and you kind of wondering off the bat you're like okay well what what the hell is this um and as much as i have listened to Heilung's other two albums and watched Leafa because I actually have the DVD of it. Um, it's just like, okay, well, this is an odd start to an album because normally they have a little bit more buildup. Um, but it little do you know that that guttural voice is a buildup into the actual song that has such a beautiful, beautiful melody, mainly carried by Maria's singing. Um, there's some chanting involved, of course. Um, there's a string instrument towards the end that uses a lot of harmony. Um, but there is something that I noticed in this album that I would say carries on through all of the songs, um, which a lot of this is going to be less track by track and more so kind of general synopsis because a lot of these songs do similar things. Um, and there's only really about four actual songs and the rest are all kind of either interludes or chants or some sort of like ritual kind of sound or story. They do this with a lot of their other albums as well. And that's the one thing that I feel like might turn people away um, is because it's it's less of a album and more of an experience, if that makes any sense. Um, but Ostra is a, an amazing way to start it because there's a like they've added some effects um some stuff that i feel like is not unless they recorded in a like warehouse or something to try and get some bouncing vocals they've added a lot of um echoes and reverbs and production um i cannot emphasize this so much the the this too much but christopher's production work and the mix on these these songs they're so well done 
the way it's mixed, I, I cannot tell you enough, but if you listen to this album or any of the music on it, even if you listen to it on YouTube, put that shit in headphones. Put a headphone on. It doesn't matter what. AirPods, who cares? But you gotta listen to how how the music is swaying and moving throughout the song. Um, if you just listen to it in a car or you know, just on your like phone with no headphones on or something like that. If you're one of those crazy people (laughs) Uh, or you're listening to it on a train or something, that's not the best way to take in this music. The best way to take in this music is to just put on headphones and just listen, try to shut everything else out. Um, I, I would go as far as telling you to listen to this entire album back to front with no outside distractions. That's it's like therapy. <laughs> like that's it truly is. It's putting on headphones, shutting everything off temporarily for an hour. It it's like meditation and it feels so complete and makes you feel content, makes you feel calm. I listened to this album today, actually, because I, I've listened to it a lot um, since it came out on Friday. I've just had it on repeat. Um, but it's uh, despite that, it's sitting down just like I just laid down on the couch, put on headphones because I wanted to absorb the production. That's one of the things that was the most compelling. I feel like. You know, you get Maria, who is absolutely a phenomenal vocalist. They really do put her on the forefront in this album. There's less of your um, Kai's, uh, Kai Faust's throat singing. There is quite a bit of it, but a lot of it does kind of sound similar, um, where he's just kind of doing this kind of repetitive kind of chanting. Um, and then the real highlight, though, the the reason this album is amazing is that production work. And I promise you, if you go listen to it, the way they layer the vocals, and yes, I'm speaking generally, it's going to be kind of hard to go track by track. I'll kind of mention things here and there, I think. But um, this, again, non-traditional album review. Um, but their production work, they, just the vocals alone, um, I skipped to a little bit of... Um, uh, in, in Austria, there's a there's a section where the drink, the drums, uh, there's a drum and the kind of chorus. I feel like it's slightly after the chorus would it Maria's kind of pre-chorus chorus ish kind of thing. And it goes cuts in instrumentation, which I feel like the instrumentation is the true chorus of the song. Um, but the there's a drum, there's like a, a sharp kind of tapping and it sounds like it's like marching like close to it starts close to the headphones and it like sounds like it marches away from you um on either side of your ears and it's it's very interesting because it i couldn't help but wonder how did you do that (laughs) you know the only way i could think that you did that is if you did that practically it's not a it's not a computer production work it is you took something and you got as close to the mic as possible and you, you know, tapped it away. Yeah, if, if that makes any sense. I'm not, you know, very good at that. But <laughs> it's like that's the only way I could think that they would have done that because I, I can't personally think of any production techniques to make a sound sound like it's going away from you outside of changing the volume. But it's not just that, but it's also left and right ears. So it's 
It's both ears, and they're both doing that. So you would have to split the tracks up, and then you would have to decrease the volume. So I suppose that's something they could do, but it doesn't sound like the volume's changing. It sounds like they're going away from you. It's just very compelling stuff, and that's just one example. Uh, Another one I wanted to bring up, which is absolutely a masterpiece, which is kind of moving on to the next track, if you will. Um, Anoana um, is just fucking perfect (laughs) it's one of the best songs i've ever heard to the point that i i sent this to my family and stuff because they've i've sent them stuff i i tend to send things to my mom and stuff and sister i'm like hey check this out and it's like some grotesque metal band they're like what the fuck (laughs) but i'm that guy um but the uh I said that I've sent them Heilung before and they thought it was a little creepy because, again, you know, just that kind of they're wearing bones and they have skulls everywhere and stuff that does tend to creep people out. But if you think about it a little bit more realistically, it's they're they're trying to be as accurate as possible to that time frame without it being actually grotesque. They're probably purchasing these things. Uh, it's probably not them going out and hunting these animals. Then again, they could be doing that. I don't know that for certain, but um, to me, you, you mean you can buy bones and stuff online. It sounds terrible, but you can. Um, they do it for Halloween props and stuff and, and in uh, movies and such. Um, but n- neither here nor there. And it's also not human bones, by the way. They're all animals. So <laughs> not that it t- changes anything. I actually like animals than, more than I do humans. But, <laughs> you know. Um, but anyway, the song Anawana, it's got some beautiful, absolutely beautiful singing. Uh, and there's a lot of, like, the stuff that's compelling is the mix in Anawana. Um, it is just so interesting to hear and of course the song is absolutely gorgeous i recommend you go check out the music video as well um beautifully shot amazing cinematography etc um (laughs) but the uh the the really cool thing is just it has this rhythmic kind of drum sound and these little ghost beats and stuff but it, it just sounds like it's close and then far immediately after the amount of time you'd have to spend to edit the volumes on these things but this is the song I was talking about, but where it has that kind of there's a word for it in the video game world. Um, I can't re- I don't know it off the top of my head, um, but there's a word in the video game world for the the audio that goes sounds like you're next to it or around it. Um, it's not just left and right. It's in front of you. It's behind you. It's around you. It can move around you. Um, I don't remember what it's called. It has a name. Um, Jacksepticeye has mentioned it before, but if you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. Um, but anyway, they have a, they have a, they're doing that in this album, and I don't think I've ever heard that before used in music. I'm not saying that they're the first. I'm just saying I haven't personally heard another band do that kind of thing. And Anawana is an exam- example. Ha! an example of doing that and it works so fucking well. <laughs> like, I don't know. <clears throat> they must be using some alien software. <laughs> like they're not using garage band like James at his home, you know, <laughs> like buttermilk Boulevard here. They're using something alien, <laughs> but it's, it could be practical. It could just be the way they recorded all this stuff. Maybe that's why it takes so long for them to release a record. Um, is because of the amount of work and effort they put into this stuff. 
Um, I know research alone, it takes a lot of time trying to transcribe these old hymns and inscriptions. Um, but, and I don't want to, the layers are immaculate, um, specifically the vocals. Like it, the drums are one thing, but the vocal parts are absolutely outstanding. The chanting that Kai Faust does uh, changes ears. So it goes, it's like a call and response, but it, it's like he says one thing, ba 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 It's like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. And then it's like left, right, left, right. And it goes back and forth, but they still have an echo to it. So you don't, it doesn't feel obvious. It doesn't feel disconnected and disjointed like you would think it would. Um, it actually feels like part of a song, like you're being whispered in both your ears. It's it's very much Scarlet Witch and Age of Ultron whispering in Tony Stark's ear. You're welcome. <laughs> so to my nerdy fans out there. Um, but it's not just that. So they introduce Maria's amazing vocal melody absolutely outstanding it's catchy um it's uh, you know hypnotic it's addicting to listen to and then you get chris's section um where it kind of just breaks into his where he's doing his chant with the same melody in the background this string they brought a string instrument and i don't remember them having a string instrument in prior albums um they might have i i just don't remember but the String instrument and the bells that they have added add so much texturing to their music. It's not just rhythmic drums anymore. It's not just, you know, hypnotic kind of one after another on the beat kind of things. Um, the string instruments add this melody and this overtone. They have a humming in the background that I think might be a synthetic. Then again, um, the end of the track, the end of the album, Marduk introduces bells like the entire song is all bells and different sounding bells different timbres of bells one is higher pitched one is low pitched one is extremely low pitched and they hit the bell and it just fucking echoes throughout this you feel like you're in like a a particle simulation (laughs) you know you're like standing in the middle of like the gas if you ever seen like a um in like science class or something um, and they show you how gas moves in a small space versus like liquid and solid, how the particles are moving or the atoms. Um, and if you've ever seen like a like a, a animated version of that, like a GIF or something where you see the gas kind of just in motion, kind of like that, that's what it feels like in Marduk. And I know I'm jumping around like I said I would, um, but the bells just kind of amplify what I'm talking about where there is a humming noise. And in my head, I'm like, well, well, that's got to be on the computer, right? You just found a, you found a um, interesting kind of atmospheric sound and you're probably using a MIDI keyboard or like just a regular keyboard. You don't actually need a MIDI keyboard. Um, And that's, that's what I assume it was until I heard Marduk, um, which by the way is a, a, uh, a god from Mesopotamia. He's the head of the Babylonian pantheon. Uh, you're welcome. Um, but the song Marduk just kind of introduced that bell idea where they hit the bell and then the echo effect kicks in and it's just, it sustains for several seconds. So like it, it's not a short sustain. It's very long reverb. Um, and that carries throughout the song. Like, so Marduk is basically made with bells because you can have this kind of ominous 
humming noise that's just consistent throughout the song. Um, and every now and then they hit the bell again and it adds another little layer of texture onto it so it doesn't feel like it's a repetitive, monotonous sound. Um, but going back to Anawana, it has a humming sound. There's some sort of humming. There's whisperings. There's small, very faint, small details. It reminds me a lot of Slipknot. Not like in like not like how they sound but slipknot does this too um when you were listening to them and if you have this kind of uh, way of breaking down the songs you can tell but they have like uh the the dj i'm drawing blank on his name i'm sorry but that's where my brain is um the he is he has these little like dj effects and kind of strange noises that are in the background of the music that you would you really cannot hear it um, at all unless you like have hyper sensitivity hearing or something. You really can't hear it unless you isolate it. Um, and yet it adds a lot of flavor. If you took it out of the song, you would notice it's that kind of thing. And that, that's what I've noticed on a lot of these songs as well. Um, Heilung has added some sort of humming or just kind of idle sound that carries throughout each one of these tunes. And um, they're really just compelling and interesting. And I, I know I'm just kind of rambling and ranting right now. I'm just kind of just wanted to go with the flow with this one because it felt right to just go with it. Um, but yeah, so they have either they do have some synthetic effect. They definitely put an echo in this. There's there's no getting around that uh, that echo effect. You can't really get that quality unless they recorded in like a cave, like legitimately like a cave. Um, because I it has that kind of similar kind of quality to it, the echo and reverb where it's it's continuing and it's kind of feeding back at the same time. Um, but the layering on Anawana so they, like I said, they introduce Maria's vocal line and the chorus and they introduce all of that. And then Chris comes in, which gives you a little bit of a break in the song, but still carries the melody. And then Maria comes back with this absolutely ghostly yell, um, just like belting at top of her lungs type of thing. And it, I, it, I literally got chills. Like I trembled <laughs> at it, <laughs> you know, it's, um, I don't know how else to put it, but that's, it's so fucking good. It's just, there's so much feeling in these lyrics and these songs. And I don't know what thing they're saying. I, I thought about looking up the translations and stuff, but I felt like I would have been doing a disservice to myself because part of my, enjoyment is not knowing what they're saying but still interpreting what they're saying um which i'll get to kind of in a minute with some of the other tracks but in some ways me not knowing what they're saying in my language i feel like actually helps the album lift up a little bit um because then you can kind of just feel it rather than you know hear it if that makes any sense you know you're you're listening to absorb it rather than you know just listening to understand etc it's just an experience like i said but in some ways i would say that anawana is uh an example of a masterpiece for them but um i also think it outshines some of their earlier hits which might have been considered their bigger hits like norupo i believe it was i think anawana's much better than that one, even though I love them both equally. But um, anyway, 
Um, but so going back into that, she gets his belting scream. You're you're the way the song moves is just perfect. It's the introduction to Maria's vocal lines. You get Chris's uh, guttural guttural chanting again. And then you get the belting vocal that I already mentioned. And then the song ends with Maria going back into the kind of uh, pre-chorus chorus line and just kind of repeating it for a while. Um, And the music kind of picks up a little bit. And you get Chris comes in again with... um, so so the way the the chorus is is Maria's in the front and you have this kind of choir-esque thing happening to either sides and like behind you um on, on like if you're listening in headphones again. So Maria is definitely like center center figure in front and then you have the choir surrounding you. Um you really feel encircled by lyrics and then or music. And then, uh, Chris comes in again. They add the Chris part again at the end of it. So you get the the melodic, catchy chorus that you got. And then they add Chris into it doing the... I'm sorry. I keep saying Chris. Kai. Thank you. <laughs> That's my fault. <laughs> so Kai's, Kai's little uh, guttural chanting vowel back and forth, back and forth between the two. Um, and it's just fucking phenomenal it's intriguing as shit but it's so good like i've never heard any music like that in my life um where it's the voices are coming from all over the place and everywhere all at once and it's still symbiotic it's still very cohesive it's not it isn't chaotic it may sound like it but it isn't and i'm i'm really putting this band up on a pedestal but i just want to kind of amplify (laughs) pun get amplified history um (laughs) i want to amplify the idea that i'm kind of talking about with the production which which this is all production by itself this would have been an amazing song but if you add chris's (laughs) production let me make sure i get my names right uh if you add chris's production into it it's just so fucking good um I just can't emphasize that enough. You need to go listen to it by yourself. Definitely headphones. Like I said, listen to it in headphones. Um, It's not that long of a song. You'll be all right. (laughs) Um, So the next song, track three, is Tenet. Um, Much like the Christopher Nolan film. Um, But it opens with kind of kids chanting along with what sounds like an older male. Um, And it it almost feels like, and this is the interpretation part that I kind of mentioned. Uh, some of these songs are really seriously up to your own interpretation of what they are or what they mean. And that's why if you just were to lay down and put headphones on and listen to this, your mind would start to wander. Like if you're really focusing on the music, you would be like, OK, you know what? I'm kind of hearing this sound. I, I wonder if that's what this song is trying to say is that this is this is this song or this hymn is intended to be this or it, maybe it's intended to be this. And then another sound comes in in the song and it's like, actually, it might be this. Um, and that's what I enjoy about it. I like the mystery and the um, the interpretations that you can take with it. Uh, Tenet opens with a man kind of echoing and repeating a same verse. It sounds kind of like a how kids would how a kids and a teacher would like do the abcs together how they would all be like a b c is that kind of chanting type of thing i don't know what they're saying 
Um, but you get some crows echoing in the background because Odin is with us. <laughs> and then uh, it just sounds like a school lesson. And then the horn sounds. Now, that is very menacing. Um because a horn sound meant a lot, I think, the Vikings age for it implied like time for war, I think, or time for sailing or, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know. Again, I'm not a historian, um, but it was it was meant to tell others, signal to others that X, Y, Z is going to happen now. We have to go do this. Um, so when the horn sounds and it's deep, bellowing, bassy kind of sound, um, it kind of sounds like they, they just kind of changed the song. It's like, this is what I would describe to be the hardest quote unquote hard song on the album. Heavy song, if you will. Like, it's like a song that's like beating your chest ready for war. It sounds like a song that's meant for a movie soundtrack. Like the armies are getting ready to go to war. Um, and I feel like a lot of this, that was my interpretation. You know, the start, the start is very melodic. You know, Astra and then Anawana, it's very melodic. It's very peaceful. And then Tenet kind of opens with a horn sound and you get... Um, just from there, it just feels like it is the beginnings and the aftermath of war um, or, you know, fighting. Uh, some of their other albums have those same kind of themes, so I'm leaning towards maybe that's what they were going for, but I'm not really sure 100%. Um, but they have Kai's chanting in this, um, which is really cool because the Kai's chanting, it actually sounds sounds like they reversed it at parts which is kind of creepy. <laughs> it, it is kind of menacing. Like they, the chanting is forward and then they also have like an echo that is reversed. Like the echo is reversed and not, that's very also really good production work. Um, and it's really cool. Like, I, I don't like it's, it's very short term. The chanting kind of stops pretty quick and it goes into Maria's vocals, um, which again, they're really putting her on the forefront here. Um, but the horn summons some sort of change, uh, and being a fan, I knew I was in for, in for chanty vocal man. (laughs) Like as soon as I heard the horn, I'm like, all right, here's Kai. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's really good. And, and really these two, those two Kai, Kai and Maria feel like two sides of like the same coin, like their characterizations, I should say, rather than like the actual people themselves. Um, but their characters, whatever their characters are on stage, uh, it's almost like yin and yang. In fact, their outfits kind of reflect a black and white kind of, a, a you know, archetypal kind of thing. Um, where you have the really kindly, peaceful, soothing, and belting sounds of Maria's vocal lines. Um, and then you get like Chris, uh, Kai who has these kind of raw, harsh guttural chants. There's only three names. You think I would get this right. <laughs> um, but yeah, you get, so you get Kai's like guttural throat singing, uh, and chants. And it really is like, you know, Maria's like kind of a peaceful, a little bit more optimistic sounding kind of, vocals and then you get Kai who is building to more of like a uh warlike or tribal readiness, you know. Um uh, opposites but they're like never in the way of each other. Like it's not 
that's what I mean by like cohesion is that they're opposites in singing style, but they work so well together as a unit. Like it, that's what I mean by like yin and yang. It's still a circle um, and uh, two sides of the same coin. Yeah, that's what those mean, I guess. I don't know why I need to explain that to you. God fucking idiot <laughs> uh so anyway i don't know why i'm being rude deal <laughs> um but the song kind of ends in an anthem too so this one feels like this one feels like you know you get kids you know a lesson is being taught to kids uh, and then you hear a horn sound and it's signaling the beginnings of something um and that's what this feels like that's what it feels like they're trying to tell a story here and you get, you know, the horn sound and you start to hear the chanting and Maria's vocal lines. And there's like sounds of marching ish type of things going on. Uh, and then it ends in like an anthem kind of sound, like literally like they're singing at, as a unit, like all the warriors are singing an anthem together and while marching, that kind of thing. Um, and that kind of continues into the next song, Urbani. Urbani is essentially a. It reminds me of, and it's kind of funny that, you know, even though we're not like paganistic anymore and we're not like tribal and we don't forage and hunt for our own food, we go to grocery stores, which is to me in some ways is just as difficult because I hate grocery stores. <laughs> um, but the, uh, it's mainly the people. I don't like the people in grocery stores. Why are they, why do they got to be so rude? You're, we're all here to do the same thing. Just, Move your fucking cart out the middle of the aisle, <laughs> um, or I'm gonna go Viking on your ass. No. <laughs> but the uh, the Urbani is is like the marching kind of chanting sound, like they're they're marching and they're that's what I mean by it's kind of ironic that even though we're not tribal, there are still things that we carried over to modern era, like chanting and marching at the same time. Um, because it's like it reminds me of that boot camp kind of style of drill sergeant says something and, you know, the soldiers respond or the recruits respond. Um, and that's kind of what Urbani feels like. There's slamming of what sounds like shields or spears maybe on the ground or something like that. And they're like singing along and they're saying something. It's very atmospheric and it sets a picture in your head. Um, otherwise, it's not really a song. Uh, Urbani's more of just like I said, it's kind of like a chant. I've used that word a lot. I hope you're keeping count. Um, the next song I cannot really pronounce. I'm going to do my best here. It's like Kelton Treyer. Uh, I'm so again, I'm not saying that right. I think it's a German word, um, but it sounds like a story. It's this is an interesting one. This is probably my most skipped track on here, but it's also my most skipped track on pretty much all their albums. They have this. All of the albums have this one track that is a story. It's it's somebody is telling a story. There's some atmospheric sounds in the background, but really it's just forward. It's somebody saying something, and I I think it's a story. And this one this one actually striked me as more of, and my interpretation is that it was more of a prayer, um, because it's in German, and we've heard this before from the band. Um, but the it sounds like, you know, he's chan he's kind of praying and then you get sounds in the background. Like a lot of it happens in the back, like the the actual narration or the chanting narration is the best way to put it is very forward. It's in your face. And then like there's sounds of war behind you. Uh, it sounds like gearing up and 
getting ready, sharpening swords, sharpening weapons, yelling, trying to hype themselves up, and then going into actual battle. You hear sounds of battle and gore and uh, weird kind of stock sounds of yelling. <laughs> that's the one. That's the one production decision that I'm like. Did y'all mean that as a joke? But they have the like the what is it the High, Highland scream or something? Um, it's that famous scream that's like uh, um. Let me look it up real quick. Um, it's the Wilhelm Wilhelm scream. Uh, it's it's that kind of ah. <laughs> it's a very at this point jokey cliche kind of scream. Um, but they have that at the end. That's how the song ends was with that and it, everything. But like I said, it kind of builds up. It almost builds up like the soldiers, you know, we get, we get the horn sounding with the lessons and the soldiers are getting ready and leaving for home and you get the chants and the ritualistic kind of stuff. And then you get Urbani, which is the soldiers actually marching to the side of whatever the battle is going to be. And then you get this one, which is the narration of some kind. I don't know what it's I don't know what it's saying. I could look it up, but I again, I don't feel like I want to do that. Um and then you hear swords sharpening and then you hear like arrows start to pierce the air and a battle starts and etc. Um so it's a big build up to Nesso basically. Um and I feel like it works perfect cuz Nesso is an absolutely amazing song. It builds so well because Nesso is feels like the aftermath of war. It feels like a widow singing for her husband, her warrior husband or warrior wife. I'm not one to judge. Um, and then it just feels like that. It, it has this kind of, Maria has done this thing with her vocals at the early, early of the song where it sounds like she's singing while crying or just after crying, there's a lot of emotion. Her voice, her vocals are actually portraying that kind of sound, that kind of choked up sound that you get when you're crying and your vocals just aren't there. Your heart's not in it. Um, and too much of your heart is in it at the same time. Your heart's not in it and it's all, it's completely in it, if that makes any sense. But it's very compelling. Like, I don't know if she's acting or if she forced herself to cry to make this noise, but it really does sound like somebody singing as they're crying or after they did. Um, but that's kind of what this, like, there's drums and there's hissing sounds, there's gravel, and there's another horn. Um, and then there's some humming that comes in. It builds up very, very well up to the point that the vocals kick in. And they sound so sad and exhausted. Um, like I said, like almost like it's meant to be the aftermath of a major battle of some kind. Uh, and her vocals, I mean, it's they really fucking shine on Nesso. It's just those higher registers. You feel them like physically, like you're trembling. You're going to feel chills. They're just that that good. She's such a very good vocalist. Um, and I actually really, really enjoy some of the sharper hits of the snares or snares. I call them snares because they're a sharper drum texture, but it is just a sharper drum. It's a tighter drum. Um, and it feels very behind you and the echoes of the strings are kind of in front of you. And again, they're this song. Nesso feels like you're encircled with the instruments rather than in the like you're in the middle of it, like it's surrounding you, like the drums are to the left and then. The strings are in the front. The vocals are kind of everywhere. You just feel like you're in a circle pit 
of uh but rather than a mosh they're just playing instruments at you aggressively probably just not breaking eye contact <laughs> somebody animate that <laughs> um but then yeah so it, it's just very very good and then the the last song i'm going to talk about because i've already talked about the last two songs nickel and uh marduk uh is Busless bon um beautiful bass in this song absolutely amazing bass and it all comes from a vocal so <laughs> it's very very cool uh, this is more ch- more repetitive this is traditional kind of high lung uh, repetitive kind of throat chanting um it's really really cool and i like it a lot it feels very primal and this is a vocal melody that you can physically feel because of the bass line you like your chest moves <laughs> you know it's that kind of feel um but yeah um, so that's your track by track. I don't really have much else to say about the individual tracks. I could probably could go into more detail about those, but I think I've talked quite a bit this time. I've talked about a lot of things not relevant to the band whatsoever, in fact. <laughs> Let me know if you want an episode on Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I got you, man. I can I can explain to you how I basically just ignored everything except the story. <laughs> um, but... Uh, Anyway, man, Heilung Drift, you need to check it out. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if this is my preemptive album of the year review. It's it really is like that much for me right now. I, I've just listened to it constantly um, and I don't feel like that's going to stop anytime soon. Um, the o- I don't the only thing is I, I I'm not the biggest fan of the the story elements uh, of their stuff. I, I like the story. Don't get me wrong. I like being told the story i like that they're telling a story it's the the actual like story songs that they're the tracks that are like 13 minutes long of a guy just talking to me um i think it would maybe mean more if i knew what he was saying because i he's not speaking in my native tongue um but uh, which i don't speak very good in my own native tongue (laughs) so it's the I think maybe it would mean more if I knew what he was saying, but I actually do like like those tunes. They're just not my go to. I just think it kind of breaks up the melodic nature of this album a little bit. It doesn't ruin the cohesiveness because, again, it feels like you're in a story like they have a story to tell. And it feels like that's the penultimate song of it. It feels like that's the climax. That's the battle. Um, But. That being said, that doesn't ruin the album whatsoever. It's just my own little takeaway that it just kind of breaks things up a little bit, takes me out of the moment, um, gets me a little bit more on the distracted kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, Drift, it, it's it's phenomenal. It's a piece of art. That's the best way to describe it. It is music, uh, I guess, by definition, but really, this is just art. It's It's historical. It's, you know, people using skin on you keep that in mind when you're listening to this is these are not computer effects these are these are people using using drums that they created with their own hands um doing things with their you know with instruments they have created clicks with bones together and um like i get like i said they're just it, the bells i think are the only thing they probably didn't make themselves because it's hard to make a bell unless you have like a forge but it's really good. Anyway, you come here often? 
If you do, maybe consider subscribing. I don't think I have to really tell y'all that at this point. I'm kind of tired of doing the old, the old, make sure you subscribe. <laughs> it's just, I've, I've noticed this with a lot of YouTubers too lately where they're just kind of like, uh, fuck it. I'm not even going to ask anymore. <laughs> it's kind of pointless. It's, I mean, it's, it's so ingrained in our society and our conscious mind that it's like uh, i don't really need to tell somebody to subscribe if you want to you will (laughs) it's that kind of thing i mean clearly this is a way of asking you to subscribe if you enjoy it you don't have to Um, but nonetheless i appreciate you making it this far if you're a returning member or a new listener thank you so much for checking out buttermilk boulevard um, if you uh, if you want Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Buttermilk Boulevard, uh, I'm going to post the album review thing here shortly. So if you have your own opinions about the band uh, or you enjoyed the podcast or you just want to reach out to be like, hey, man, go fuck yourself. Something like that. Feel free, man. That's what those are for. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you all take care of yourselves out there. And until next time, stay safe. Peace out. Rock on.